guns. Now, why doesn't somebody pull off 45 and bang, settle it? No, no guns. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrex10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, we have cracked the top 40 now of our top 80 albums, 1973. It's going to be a good one here. Let's start off number 40 right here. Definitely a very popular band and a band that a lot of people lean on when they want to feel cool. And I mean that in the best possible way because this band just gives you a cool feeling when you put it on. You're like, yeah, you just get that instant swagger like, yeah, I'm cool. No matter how cool you are or aren't, you get that vibe off of this band. I always thought that T-Rex, one of the epitomes of cool and their eighth studio album. Yes, eighth. Their eighth overall, whether it be, you know, Mark Bolin and Tyrannosaurus Rex or just T-Rex. But yes, technically I count it as their eighth album right here. It's called Tanks with an X at the end. And this one follows one of their all-time great albums, Slider, which, yeah, it's not as good as Slider, obviously. Slider did a lot better on my countdown last year than this one did on this year. But I think there's a little more competition this year, honestly. And this album is not great, but it's around that 80-pointer kind of feel. It definitely tries, and I will say my critique on this album is, like I say with a lot of these UK-based albums, is that the singles that Mark was putting out for T-Rex at this time were not going to be included on the album, and I think that kind of just hurts the what-could-be factor about this album. The fact that he was sitting on songs that he had released like Children of the Revolution and 20th Century Boy and Solid Gold Easy Action. Like, you don't put those on your full length, your full length suffers greatly. So that's really the tale of this album for me. It's a decent enough listen for sure. Produced by Tony Visconti, who is a longtime Bowie guy and current Bowie archivist right there cool job to have definitely an archivist for your old friend and one of the great all-time artists but yes you can definitely hear bowie influence throughout this album for sure so it is we're talking we're in a post ziggy world now so tanks definitely does kind of feel like it has that little bit of influence from there even though there's been depending on who you talk to one was more influenced by the other 
or maybe it was even Steven at the time. I don't know, but this definitely gives me a lot more Bowie vibes, like Ziggy Stardust style, than it even almost does with some of the slider material. But I guess it just depends on the day you listen to it. So we're actually going to kick off this episode with a closer on this record tonight. So from T-Rex's Tanks, this is Left Hand Luke and the Beggar Boys. Call yourself friend and look me in the eye. Yeah. 
kicking off the show here today and getting us into the top 40 here of our top 80 albums of 1973 countdown that was t-rex from the album tanks left hand luke and the beggar boys is the song and i think i'm pretty spot on when i say there's some ziggy influence on this record that song definitely seems to lean on it quite a bit that's my opinion you can hear a lot of Mark's stuff in there, too, for sure. It's not like he was just completely going to copy Bowie. He definitely had his own thing going, and good for him. So not trying to bury the guy or anything. All right, coming in at number 39 right here, another great all-time Brit is this guy right here, my hippie friend, Donovan. And I think maybe just the record-buying public and all the way down to the critics just had in their mind that Donovan was no longer the flavor of the month. And I think he was unfairly ignored and just out and out taken for granted this part of his career. And all the way in the early 70s, people just didn't seem to be giving it up for Donovan. And that's unfortunate because the guy never stopped writing good songs. And he put out three releases in 1973, two studio albums and a live album. So what do you want from the guy, huh? And, and yeah, Essence to Essence did not make my countdown here, but it's still not bad at all. I'll just say that out of the two, the Cosmic Wheels record is the better of the two, even though I think it was actually more well-received on both ends, critically and sales-wise, if I have it right. Uh, but this one right here, man, yeah, Cosmic Wheels came out in March of 73, produced by longtime producer and song Svengali guru Mickey Most, Definitely had a lot to do with a lot of the earlier Donovan hits. Uh, but this one, man, I really dig it. It crosses that line of uh, all the kind of cool, tripped-out things that the 60s brought, but it has an element of all the cool things that were happening in the 70s. And at certain points of the album, yeah, it's definitely going to be folky by nature because it's Donovan, but you hear a lot of this kind of glam influence sneaking in. And, and for me, that made a real enjoyable listen. I really like... Uh, all the little elements he put in this album so this is kind of a nugget for you to check out in the year 73 so give cosmic wheels a chance by the great donovan here's something to hopefully get you enticed this one i really dug it's called sleep Hey, 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 hey,
Great Donovan right there with Sleep from Cosmic Wheels, his 1973 offering. One of three offerings he had in the year 1973. And album number 39 here in our countdown. Hope you enjoyed that. Coming at number 38, another legendary Brit. One of the all-time most famous musicians ever. And still sorely missed, Mr. John Lennon coming in here with his third solo album in 1973 called Mind Games. This album came out at late October of 73, self-produced. And I quote his longtime friend and fellow Beatle Ringo. When you get into Lennon's solo stuff, uh, he would exactly let you know right then and there how he was doing, how he was feeling. You always knew what John was thinking because he left everything and gave you everything that he had in the studio that day. So if you ever wanted to know how he was doing, if you want to check up on him, just listen to his records, especially in the 70s. You know how he was doing. And that's the thing that I love about Lennon. Super honest guy. And man, I got to say, Mind Games, that's just one of those songs that I always sing along to it. It just, as almost kind of sad as the song is, it makes me feel good, and it's just it's in my key. It's just a lot of fun to sing. It's always been one of my favorite songs of all time. I was definitely tempted to go with that, but once again, like I did at the top of the show, I'm going with the closer on this album because it's just a fun little track, and I feel like people should hear this song because it's definitely not a well-known song. It wasn't even that well-known to me prior to giving this album another listen, so I'm going to include it here on the show. So... To represent the album Mind Games, it's the great John Lennon with Meat City.
Uh, at least from a standpoint of guitar tone, that song definitely gives me a lot of vibes towards Nutbush City Limits that you heard on the last episode. That just loud, trebly, abrasive electric guitar right there. A lot of distortion. Yeah, I love that. Meet City from Mind Games by the great John Lennon. And let's get over here to 37. This band right here is their debut album. And I, I will say, you're probably going to be hearing a lot about this band as I do these 70s episodes because they they were a massive force in the 70s. And I'm a fan. They, they wrote some of the catchiest songs of all time. That should give you a tip-off that we're going to talk about the debut album here by ABBA, or ABBA, depending on where you live. And yeah, ABBA, they put out their first album here, March 26th of 73, These Swedish Pop Giants. And I'm just looking through here. The critics didn't have a lot of great things to say about them when they came out, but I don't think that they could even have foreseen what kind of career that this band would have in the just hundreds of millions of albums that they would sell at the end of the day. And not that sales dictate greatness as far as song quality goes, in my opinion. They just happen to be very successful. I kind of got into them about 20 years ago, working at the CD store. I'm going to have to thank Logan for my ABBA fandom, I think. Uh, but yeah, I was just going in. I've heard this album a handful of times. By the way, the album's called Ring Ring, produced by Benny and Bjorn, the BB of ABBA. And as far as like the approach and what they would wind up being known as, I don't really hear a lot of growing pains as far as like, you know, some bands it takes a couple of records to really establish your identity and or maybe be successful, but kind of feels like that they were really ready and shot right out of the gate ready to go because I don't really hear any like huge minuses on this record. If you're into this stuff, then yeah, start with the first one. That, that's just how I feel. Uh, so yeah. Whether you're a fan or not, I'm going to play them anyway. So to represent the album Ring Ring, here's a massively giant, huge kind of pop arrangement right here with People Need Love. People need hope, people need loving, people need trust from a fellow man. Everybody knows that a man sitting down wants a female 
That song is definitely so bloody nice, as Vivian would put it. If I was putting together a movie with like a serial killer in it or something, and just having him doing stuff around the house to where you reveal that this person has people like in his basement or something, that's the song I would probably use just to juxtapose everything that's going on. It just seems like the thing to do. But yeah, that or Creek Alley by Mamas and the Papas. But yeah, it's such a nice song, but I, I, I actually, I do love it. Love pretty much all the ABBA singles. And the album came in at number 37 here on my countdown, so they might be the uh, proverbial turn the punch bowl if it comes to you rock guys that don't like ABBA as you're listening to my 70s shows. But there you have it. That's where they landed. And another one that's not so rockerola, but traditionally I think they are coming in here at number 36. And I definitely had to do my homework as far as finding out that this actually was an album from 1973 originally. We got this album in the States in 75, and most people know that version, but it's almost a completely different album, especially as far as track list order. Some songs are in, some songs are out, but, and I might still actually do at least maybe a not an end entry for it in 75, but for right now, I'm going with the original release by Toots and the Maytales of Funky Kingston, and this is a a huge album as far as like influential as far as a lot of bands that I grew up on and bands that I'm a fan of especially a lot of the punk bands and punk ska bands this is like their rubber soul or something Funky Kingston by Toots and the Maytales really cool record no matter which version you listen to it's very enjoyable either way so and here's my asterisk if you're gonna listen to the 75 version that's the one you can stream pretty much everywhere and on spotify and stuff like that but for the original you gotta dig deep and i kind of had to listen to it off of a playlist on youtube full confession because you cannot find original copy of this on vinyl i've tried and failed many times but it's a really really cool record and i do recommend it definitely gonna jeté over here to coolsville by putting on some toots and the maytales but I think it's one of those all-time acts. It's definitely worth your time. We lost Toots Hibbert a couple of years ago, back in 2020, and I will actively do a tribute show to him at some point down the road here and give him his proper due. But till then, let's play a track from the number 36 album here from 1973, the Funky Kingston record. Uh, so let's just go with the title track right here. Enjoy.
Great Toots and the Maytels right there with the title track from Funky Kingston. What a great tune that is. Coming in album number 36 here on the countdown. And I was talking about the differences in the 73 to 75 release of that album. There's only three songs that make it over to the re-release of 75. So that 73 original is an album unto itself. So go check out both versions for my money. Let me know what you think if you do. And coming in at album number 35 right here is a debut by one of the most famous rock bands of all time no doubt about it this is an internationally known huge hall of fame type band that the name is so huge that they could tour under a bastardized version and still play big arenas talking about queen right here their self-titled debut album it came out on july of 73 in the uk few months later in the States, I think around September is what I have it at, produced by Roy Thomas Baker and John Anthony, and it's a pretty good album. It is not there yet. Like, 
I like the first album quite a bit, but there's a couple of duds on there for me, so that's why it landed here at number 35. Some people might yell too low at me, but if you really analyze this record, I think, if you're being honest, it's not a perfect album, but the good stuff is damn good. Of course, one of the great album openers of all time, Keep Yourself Alive. I always like Great King Rat, and Modern Times Rock and Roll is a lot of fun, but for me, it doesn't get any better than this one right here. The kickoff track on the B side of the album. Turn this one up as loud as you can because this is in my top five Queen songs of all time. This is Liar.
absolutely one of my favorite 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 songs from the year 1973 that was liar by queen great stuff right there hope you enjoyed that over on to album number 34 sticking with uk these guys right here one of the epitomes of cool if you ask me in the history of rock and roll of all time the sixth studio album by Mott the Hoople, simply just called Mott. Maybe not as good as all the young dudes, but not far away from it either. Did really, really good on this countdown. And as you can tell by the way things are going, the albums are only getting better. So honestly, anything in this top 40, I feel is a must own. First time I heard a handful of these songs were actually via covers. I remember when I went to go see Tomahawk on their first tour, they actually played Violence off this record. Somehow knew at the time that it was a Mott the Hoople song, and then wound up getting the album shortly after that, so thanks guys. And also Def Leppard covered this song on their Yeah! covers album back around the mid-2000s. So really dig this one. This is Ian Hunter all the way right here. So to represent Mott by Mott the Hoople, here is an all-time classic. This is All the Way from Memphis.
station My ex was cold They said she rides a trip to Oreo
And some more full disclosure here by your friend Joey at Rock Strikes 10. I will admit the first time I ever heard that song was via the cover version by Contraband, the one-off supergroup there from the early 90s. A lot of hard rock, heavy metal bands. But so yeah, the first time I ever heard that song was definitely via Contraband. There were a handful of cool covers on that album as well. But yes, it's a great rock and roll album right there. Mott by Mott the Hoople coming in at number 34 here on the countdown. Number 33 belongs to this band who definitely had a big influence on what would become the new wave of British heavy metal in the late 70s and early 80s. And any band that Metallica wound up covering definitely got a lot of extra push as far as a Roots influence artist on the back end. So I hope they were able to make a few bucks out of that as well. I got the feeling that it wasn't all money and success as they were putting out their albums at a point. But yes, this band right here coming at number 33, they're on their third studio album. Once again, sticking with the UK with Budgie. Yes. Budgie's third album, Never Turn Your Back on a Friend. It's so 70s, just from the proto-metal to the Roger Dean album cover. Uh, This is a fun record. I've heard this album once or twice before, but I hadn't heard it in a long time. It was a lot of fun this time around. I think I liked it the most this time around. So, yeah, I've been enjoying going through these Budgie records, man. As the dialogue of the quote-unquote proto-metal goes, it's been really fun to rediscover and hear some of these albums for the first time so i'm really digging it and let's not get cute about it just in case you've never heard it here's the kickoff track from never turn your back on a friend by budgie and of course here is the mighty bread fan turn it up
Budgie right there with Bread Fan from their album Never Turn Your Back on a Friend. Our album number 33 here on our big Top 80 Albums Countdown of 1973. Number 32 is this band right here. And I've long championed the era of this band that still a lot of people don't know. Without sounding like a total fucking music snob. And at this point, I'm even beaten down by this statement. But... I do like to give it up for the Fleetwood Mac era, not just the Peter Green era, which is great in itself, but the post-Peter Green before the Buckingham Knicks era Fleetwood Mac, which would be the Bob Welch stuff. I I really like that stuff. I like Bob Welch a lot. I think he's another underappreciated talent, and I think he obviously added a lot to Fleetwood Mac, and according to Mick Fleetwood, he's the guy that really kept the band alive. Uh, He gave it up for him even in his Hall of Fame speech. They did not include Bob in the Hall of Fame. The, the the Hall itself did not include Bob as a member of Fleetwood Mac in the Hall of Fame, which is super insulting, but I like that Mick gave it up for him in his speech, obviously commenting on the snub there in his own way. Uh, but yeah, man, these records are cool, and Mystery to Me did really well. I didn't like the Penguin album enough to have it rank here on the countdown, but Mystery to Me, a lot more strong of a record, and it just... It's got better pacing, better songs. It's just a better album, in my opinion. This was officially Fleetwood Mac's eighth studio album. It came out in October of 73, produced by the late, great Martin Birch, who I did a whole episode dedicated to him when he passed on. Yeah, of course, Martin Birch, great producer. That's probably another ingredient that helped out this record. And I had failed to mention that Budgie had covered a song that had been covered a thousand times, Baby Please Don't Go, on their record. And the thing that I really like about this song is that it gives me kind of a Baby Please Don't Go vibe on this one, which is probably another reason why I like it so much. So, from Mystery to Me is this Fleetwood Mac featuring the great Bob Welch with Miles Away.
Fleetwood Mac there with Miles Away featuring Bob Welch on lead vocals right there. Hope you enjoyed that. And this last one right here, we're finishing off with a great one. Album number 31, Those Boston Bad Boys. No, Those Other Boston Bad Boys. Talking about Jay Giles' band, their third studio album, Bloodshot. And Jay Giles put out two good records in 1973, Bloodshot being the better of the two. Ladies Invited just missed the show. Uh, but yeah, Bloodshot, you, you see it, I, I promise you, if you're out scouring vinyl, you're going to see this album in a ton of bargain bins and used bins and everything. And you'll see Ladies Invited in there as well. Definitely get Bloodshot. It's a stone-cold, fun, classic rock and roll album. Just nice, down and dirty. Just got a great rock mentality. I've always enjoyed the Jay Giles band, and this is definitely one of their stronger albums. It came out in April 1973, produced by a guy whose name I really blew the first time I tried to read it, and he's back. Bill Sismachik. Let's go with that. Okay. But yes, let's get to the music. So how do you sum up music by the Jay Giles band? You just go with track number one on Bloodshot. Ain't nothing but a house party.
closing off the show here today. Album number 31. Some greatness right there, courtesy of the Jay Giles Band. They're on Bloodshot. That was Ain't Nothing But a House Party. I talked about it in the 72 episodes. The live album from 72, man. Full House, go get that one, too. You'll see that in some of the bargain bins, too. Get some killer stuff like Pack Fair and Squared, First I Look at the Purse, and stuff like that. Get same kind of mentality that you hear on that great track, Ain't Nothing But a House Party. If you only know a couple of Jake Giles bands, you got to dig a little bit deeper on them, man. And even just getting those two live albums, Full House and Showtime, that'll get you going through a lot of great music. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Man, we're really getting into it. This top 30 is so damn good. I can't even begin to tell you. I got a feeling that you're going to think that you would have expected number 30 to be in the top 10. That's how good the rest of this list is. So I'm excited to bring it to you. You don't have to wait too long. But you got to wait at least a few hours. Until then, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, and followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at rockstrikes 10 and the direct email is rockstrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rockstrikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.